We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody, and welcome Woo! back to No Other Pods. Dan has a lot of energy for, uh, wow, wow. for the season being over. Um, <laughs> as sad as it is, the Sporting KC 2019 season has come to a close, but we are here to talk all about it. He's Dan. I'm Jimmy. How you holding up, Dan? Holy shit. It feels good, right? It just feels good <laughs> to just be done. We... You know these last couple games, man. You, 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 they don't feel, they don't feel fun. And boy, oh boy, that is the 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 story of the weekend. That's for it. Didn't feel fun. <laughs> no, that was uh, the cherry of all cherries on top of the 2019 season. That's about all I can say about out, that. Giving out touchdowns to everyone, man. Uh, felt like the galaxy, you know. Oh my god, it was not good. We. Uh... I normally say we are going to talk all about it, um, but in this case, I we are not going to go goal by goal in this game. There's there's really no point. No, please so, God, no, Jimmy. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna break our mold. We'll talk about the game in general a little bit, and and but and not our too feelings. much. We don't want you to no. fast forward. No, we're we're going to talk about our feelings on the game, but but mostly use it as a conduit to our feelings on the season, um, and where things go from here, uh, and then you and know how we we've uh, become. A bunch of curmudgeons due to <laughs> our losing ways. That's a new word that I've been using lately. I think I'm Curmudgeon. using it correctly. We're, we're curmudgeons now. Yeah. we. I mean, you know, some of us have been curmudgeons for a while, but, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, Jimmy's the worst. <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the MLS playoffs. Maybe give some predictions. See, Because MLS season's not over. We still got another month of MLS soccer going on, so... You know we're uh, we're fans of the sport, fans of the league. We'll we'll be watching. We'll talk all about that. That's true. Pick but, our favorites um, and predictions and all that, and be fun stuff. See what happens. Maybe we'll pick a team that we we kind of want to follow and adopt as an as our honorary team throughout the playoff run. We'll see. But um, we uh we have a new review first and foremost. Yes. Don't we? Yeah. Sure do. Boom. Dropping five stars is what uh, the PB Pumper says. <laughs> that's what the, my nickname was in high school Bro. no <laughs> pb bumper first of all i want to go have a big <laughs> i want to call myself that when i take a big old spoonful of peanut butter i'm pb pumping baby <laughs> but of oh, course man. the pb pumper 
By the way, say that five times fast. That's a bitch. Sounds sounds like Lo- a like a, a villain in a comic book or something. Oh, it, the, the PB <laughs> pumper. PB pumper. PB pumper. <laughs> Can't do it. Oh my god. Love love the podcast. Always a great oversight on all things SKC related. Keep up the good work, fellas. That's short and sweet, man. That's short and sweet, straight to the point. So you gotta do it. Thank yeah. you, peanut butter pumper. That's how the PB pumper rolls. Short That's and sweet. That's great, man. So uh, just when I think we won't get any more reviews, stuff pops in like that, and it's always uh, always makes it always feels good. Very cool. Thank you for uh, for that wonderful review, PB Pumper, um, whoever you are. And uh, yeah, if you have left us a, a, a five star review, particularly before, thank you so much. And if not, what are you waiting for? Get out there, leave us a preferably five star review. If you don't want to leave us a five star review, that's fine. You can tell us why. We'll, uh, we'll we might read it. We might make fun of you. No, not really. But uh, there you <laughs> we, go. Uh, hey, you, you know, we're reading them all. So I'm thinking like. Dude, make your review something that you want that you think is worth reading. Make it uh make it something that uh you think people want to hear. Like maybe it's a, a guest you want us to try to get on or something or uh yeah. uh you know, your favorite or least favorite player or something like that or maybe uh you'd like to hear less of Dan and more of Jimmy. Stuff whatever, you know, <laughs> give us uh throw something in there cuz we're we're reading them and it takes a little time in the podcast and and this is just as much as your guys's podcast as it is ours so we love that shit absolutely if you want to make a suggestion for a guest or a segment or a show uh give us your favorite memory write us a uh, limerick or a haiku you know well tell us a joke <laughs> we'll just we'll it's read just it our on personal air. yearbook yeah yeah <laughs> hags Keep in touch. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think this is. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll read every review that we get. So, thank you guys so much for leaving those, and uh, we'll keep on keeping on. First and someone's foremost. gonna come at us and be like, "You didn't read my review from uh, 2017," and we'll be like, "Oh shit, did we miss that?" <laughs> well, you know, beggars can't be choosers. We're not perfect. Yeah. We try. So, if we haven't read your review, or if you're convinced we haven't, uh, go back to the episode after you left it, re-listen to the whole hour, make sure we didn't read it, uh, and then let us know. And then maybe we'll read it. But, there we go. That's a lot of work. I wouldn't do that if I were you. You have better things to do with your time. So. (laughs) But, let's, um, man, it is tough to think that Sporting KC Soccer is no more until March of next year. There's, uh... There's a lot of stuff going on between now and then. It, it's you know it seems like it's a long time. It'll probably go by quicker than we realize. There are drafts aplenty. There is still a whole postseason of MLS soccer to play. There are allocation order drafts and expansion drafts and re-entry drafts and super drafts and not so super drafts and anything you can think of. But let's um, before we jump to the off season. Let's just spend a little bit of time talking about this FC Dallas game. And and like I said, we'll use it as more of a transition look back toward the 2019 season as a whole. I do want to point out, now you can take this as a, a sign of good things to come or a sign of bad things to come, that this game was the first time in club history that Sporting started four homegrown players in the starting 11, uh, which is kind of interesting. That's kind of cool. We would never do that in a uh, game that mattered. But uh, it was kind of cool, man. It's like, hey, you guys get in there, show us what you got. And uh, boy, did they. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, midfielder Felipe Hernandez. 
of course, Gianluca Buzio, Jalen Lindsay, and Daniel Shallowy. And we've seen... Yeah, throw Eric Dick in goal. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, I, th- I mean, this was clear. I mean, there was red cards that were at play here. I mean, th- there was a lot going on. But it was clear, to me at least, that Peter Vermees was like, look, I'm going to use this last game to get some experience for some younger guys. Um, and and we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. I think... He- he was do you, I mean do you think he was sending a message to some of these older guys that like you have not been good enough and I'm going to punish you by by not letting you play in this final game? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, if that was the case, he he wouldn't have had, you know, Johnny Russell in there or whatever, but I, I feel like it's uh it's just a final game and it was kind of like a screw it, you know what I mean? And uh in my mind I was like, let's let Dallas take this one and hopefully San Jose knocks Portland out of the playoffs. <laughs> oh man, I was I was hoping so so badly that that San Jose could knock out Portland because I just don't close. like Portland. They actually had a good game. They did. I watched a bit of that. Portland got a a little ahead of San Jose toward the end there and ended up ultimately winning it. Um, and there's some somewhat well. I guess we're recording this on Monday, so I was going to say somewhat breaking Portland news, but it's not really breaking by the time you're listening to this, but we're going to talk about that in a little bit because there might be some severe implications for Portland in the playoffs that, that won't bode too well for them. Um, but, yeah, this this was maybe going to be sort of a rough game because it was must-win for FC Dallas. Kind of had a feeling ahead of time that this probably wasn't going to go our way. I can honestly say I did not think this would end 6-0. And I saw somebody say this on Twitter, and I don't think it's too reactionary to ask this. Was this the worst game, the worst performance, perhaps, in the history of the Peter Vermees era? I don't know that I can remember Damn. a worse performance. If I mean, there have been lopsided scorelines. We lost 5-0 to San Jose at Children's Mercy Park, which, given the time of the year and that we were still alive in the playoffs. And that was a first choice 11. Like you could argue that's a worse loss, but as far as mentality on the field goes and just sort of how the overall state of the club felt to me, this was the worst feeling sporting game that I can remember under Peter Vermees. I don't know about you. Did you well, have anything like if, that? If you thought people were calling for Vermees's head before all the fire Vermees, this fire Vermees, that, well, goddamn, that's been amplified because there's something to look at with that. I mean, I, I I don't know how much a soccer coach, you know, in professional sports, I don't know how much a coach really matters in, in certain things. Like, it feels like in the NBA, what the hell does a coach do, man? Those players are going to go do what they do. But uh, Vermees had to have had a hand in all this and in, in, in our demise. I mean, did he, did he adjust the way he should have? Did he... Uh, you know, uh, roll with the punches, man. He he really didn't. He was just so stubborn and kept rolling out the same people. Well, no, we didn't roll out the same people because we had injuries galore. But it was uh, overall, it's just tough. And I don't know if Vermees should be fired. But to your to answer your question, after saying all that other bullshit, I feel like that San Jose thwomping uh, at home when it was like crazy amounts of rain, if I remember correctly, was way worse than this one. You know, considering the lineup choice and everything. Sure, and that's totally fair. Um, I just think that for me personally, I didn't feel after that San Jose game like, oh my God, this is the end of Sporting KC as we know it. 
this is a crossroads for the team going forward and the future of the club could go one of two ways and I really don't like one of those ways it could go. That was, if I remember correctly, our first home loss of the year and we were undefeated up until that point and it was like, you know, deep into the middle of the season. We, we knew we were a good team at that point. After this loss, this is the first offseason where I'm like, I honestly, genuinely do not know what to expect because what needs to happen is the whole thing probably just needs to be blown up, save one or two players realistically and start over. But the nature of the roster, and especially the nature of the unknown with the CBA out there, that that can't happen. Players are under contract until 2021, 2022, 2023 in some cases with option years and stuff. This Who knows what's going to happen this offseason? How are we going to unload some of these contracts like Andre Ufantas? That needs to happen, and I don't know how it does but it has to. So it's going to be a very bro crazy off season. It's uh it's going to be nuts. It's going to be a very interesting off season. Yeah, so as as we mentioned FC Dallas, they they opened the scoring in the ninth minute, then they got another in the 12th minute, then we kind of, you know, held them off until the half. And I don't know if you caught this, but did you catch Peter Vermees halftime interview with Carter Augustine? as he was going off the field uh i think so but i, I didn't he, notice anything what are we what are well, you referring to he didn't say anything that interesting other than his just general demeanor was i think the most dejected i've ever seen him like he clearly carter asked him about how some of the young guys were doing and he's like yes yeah, they're, they're fine they're getting experience what whatnot and then carter asked how do you, what do you say to the team? How do you get them back in in the second half? And his general answer was basically just like, I don't know. They got to figure it out at this point. Like we've tried, this keeps happening. It shouldn't happen. And, and you know, they just have to, they just have to figure it out because we've tried and it's not working. And he just generally seemed like at that point he, I mean, he probably knew before then, but it was, you know, if, if he hadn't decided that he was going to try to move on from a bunch of these players before, at that moment, he was like, I'm done with this. Like, this is just ridiculous. So, I just hadn't really seen him that sort of defeated before. And and it was it caught me off guard for him because he's not usually like that. So, Yeah, it just feels like, uh, feels like it's just over. feels like we're just – he was just over the whole thing just as we are as fans. You know, he's just like, well, whatever. They'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. I, I can do no more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he said after the game – you know, there were simple goals early on that the team doesn't have the ability to recover from, and there's a total lack early of confidence on. in the group once the first goal went in. Which every goal was a simple goal. Like yeah. I mean, I think there was probably one goal that stood out that was like, "Oh wow, that was a nice goal," but everything else was like, "Jesus, that was easy." Yeah, I mean, he specifically called out the first two goals. He said the first two goals were ridiculous. The first goal especially, those kind of goals have happened quite too often this year. I said that last time. I've said that many times. It's not anything new. We don't deserve to make the playoffs, so it's good we're not in them. So that's some pretty sharp criticism. But then I'm going to read this paragraph. It's, you know, I'll, I'll try to you know summarize some of the middle parts, but there's there's a couple <laughs> things in here that – he was basically asked about the conclusion of the season. And I think there's some interesting nuggets here I want to ask you about where he says, I didn't want the season to be over before, but I remember when we were starting with our homestand with Colorado, we were up 2-0. 
I really felt that we were in a good place. Next thing you know, we get a guy thrown out and we lose the game. I think that really put a fork in the team, and I think they, at that point, didn't believe that it was possible to happen. It's been a struggle from the staff's perspective to keep the guys motivated for a length of time that we've had to, and now we have to look forward to an offseason where we have to make changes, and that's what we'll do. That's some... Damn. That's some fireworks. Important. I mean, it was tough from a staff standpoint to keep them motivated. I mean, what about all the damn interviews when... Beezer's like, oh, yeah, we're motivated. We know what we got to do, and we'll get it done. Well, bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, it makes me wonder. So he didn't name names specifically. and Sure. I would imagine that somebody like Beezler or or Roger or, you know, Zussi, even even though Zussi on the field wasn't that great all year. And I know Tim because, I mean, I talked to Tim in the locker room. Those seem like the type of guys who – probably were extremely frustrated by how this was going um, and and tried to rally the troops, Tim in particular, Roger in particular. Uh, I just, it makes me wonder who else was on this team that just didn't didn't care. Who checked out? Uh, I, 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 and, and, like and everyone checked out at some point or another. It, it sounds like it. Uh, I just, um, I don't know. And, and for him to say, after that Colorado game, that's when they like officially decided, yeah, this team's not going to make it from the players' perspective. There were still, I mean, I remember when we were up 2-0, like he said, it really felt like there was a chance here, and then that, that game kind of felt like maybe it was the, the one of the final few nails in the coffin, but there was still a possibility. And for the team itself to you know not even be able to go to Portland or whatnot and get a result when they needed to just because they didn't think it was possible... That's really disheartening from a fan's perspective. So yeah, for real. I mean, you keep hearing. I mean, Beasler penned multiple letters this year to the fans saying, "We know we're not doing good enough, and we're going to do better, and we promise you, we owe it to you." And fans organized visits to Pinnacle to to root them on and cheer them on and get up at seven in the morning on Saturdays and say, "We're here for you. We're with you. We're sticking through this with you." It it feels like. It's a slap in the face to fans for the players to just give up and not care. And I think it feels like to Peter, he seems like he's taking it personally as well because he's like, I did all this work to try to get us here, and you guys are just saying, eh, whatever, we don't care. So, Yeah, I mean, Peter, that might have been a little play from Peter as well, man, trying to like protect his job. and you know, Because um, when, when, when teams don't perform, people go straight to the coach. But... On the other hand, it feels like Peter is untouchable in that sense. It feels like that dude will be the coach till he doesn't want to be the coach any longer. Yeah, I don't think he... I've said this before on Twitter. I'll say it again now. I don't think Peter Vermees at all should be fired this year. Does that mean that he is immune from criticism? Absolutely not. He is in large Does that part... mean anyone would ever criticize him to his face? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, well, that's another question. <laughs> He, he is in large part responsible for a lot of the roster decisions made on this team. You know, he is no longer the technical director, as we said last week. They, they have Brian Bliss. Um, they have other staff members who are there and responsible for helping make some of these decisions. But it's Peter Vermee's system. If Peter Vermee says, I don't want this player, the player's not coming. So 
he has to bear some of the responsibility. But I think that's why, given the run of form that Sporting KC's been in for the last 10 years, you give him another year to say, hey, you've had the success, you figured it out before, now fix it. You signed or agreed to some of these contracts, figure out how to get out of them, and figure out how to move forward. So, I give him another year. But if, if this repeats another year, you have to start asking some of these questions that maybe a lot of us don't want to ask regarding who should be in charge. I'm just not there yet. So, I don't know. Right, right. I hear you. Uh, I did see... This isn't going to make anybody feel better, but you know, looking back at the the year as a whole, I was trying to figure out, okay, when was you know things started out pretty well? We 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 beat Toluca in the CCL. We were getting the Olays down in Mexico. It all kind of fell off the rails after we got smacked by Monterey. But Sporting KC, do but you it really have? It didn't yet though. It didn't fall off after the Monterey thing because we still came and spanked Montreal. You know. Well, so do you have a guess as to how many weeks Sporting KC was above the playoff line in this season? There were thir- 31 like total one or two. There's 31 total match weeks. 34 games, but 31 match weeks. And you know, sometimes there are bye weeks and sometimes there are multi-game weeks, but 31 total match weeks. Sporting KC was above the playoff line in the West from weeks 2 through 7. That's a total of oh, wow. 6 weeks. And then they fell below the playoff line in week eight, and they stayed there for the rest of the year all the way through week 31. Not great. Yeah, I don't like seeing those little graphs pop up on Twitter, I tell you that. When you got LAFC cruising at the top, not even dipping, and SKC's like just bobbing around down there. It's like just trying to trying to survive like you're a little kid drowning at swimming lessons, you know? Yeah. Sporting KC finished 11th in the Western Conference, uh, 1.12 points per game, a team record 67 goals allowed, good enough for a minus 18 goal differential. Not great. You want to know maybe this... Fresh off a year of when we set the record for most goals scored for the club this season. Breaking records, left and right. Unbelievable. Do you want to know one of the stats that most frustrates me and shows just how far away from the top we were this year? Probably not, but you're going to tell me anyways. I know LAFC (laughs) was another level this year. They set a record for points on a season, blah, 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 blah. So we had the total amount of goals Sporting KC scored this year was 49 goals. We scored 49 goals this year. Do you know what LAFC's goal differential was? 48 plus 30 48 their goal differential was just one less than our total goal scored which is crazy mind-blowing like just unreal so i mean shout out to them they scored 85 goals allowed 37 which was the most and the least respectively in the west but man their goal differential was just one less than our total goal scored. And that just makes me be like, we have so far to go. That's just so sad. And I don't know. I'm, I'm curmudgeoning. I'm curmudgeoning over here. Yeah, it's it's very sad. Statistical leaders to end the year for Sporting KC. Felipe Gutierrez was the team golden boot winner. 12 goals. Johnny Russell, the team leader in assists. Nine assists. 
Expected goals was actually Christian Namath, 10.6. Expected assist, Johnny Russell, 7.74. Ilya Sanchez, as one would expect, completed the most passes at just over 1,500. And uh, Felipe Gutierrez won the most duels, 188. So those are some of the, the players that did statistically the best, I guess you could say, for Sporting KC. Do you right. have... Do you have a an MVP, if you will, for the year for Sporting KC? Oh my God! D- doesn't an MVP have to be valuable? <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh... I'm going, and I'm like, okay, is there a valuable person on this team? And you know, I'm probably gonna pick Felipe. I mean, he's pretty in the middle of the field. He's pretty uh, uh, solid. Yeah, I would agree. I think he probably had the best the best year of all the sporting KC players, not just because he scored the most goals, which is really sad because given that he was playing the number six at times throughout the year, he was playing number eight at times throughout the year. I don't think, you know, he, he was best at the number 10 for us, but he was not playing there all that often necessarily because of injuries and stuff. It's kind of a bummer that he ends up being, you know, I mean, good for him, but that he's the golden boot winner. It just kind of shows and highlights the problems that we've had for how many years now where Sporting KC needs a striker who can put goals away. They need forwards who can put goals away. And we didn't have that this year. So it's really Not at all, man. Ever since we uh, ditched Dom Dwyer, dude, for those, you know, the 24 goals or whatever he had that one year, uh, it's just all – we just really haven't had it. Yeah, and Daniel Shallowy was crazy last year, and then was just non-existent this year. It, it's insane, right? And so that brings me to this this point. And I, I mean, ultimately, we we need a, a number nine who can score goals. We we've known that for a number of years. We've been promised that they've been looking for a number of years. At this point, it's going to fall on deaf ears because everybody's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we'll believe you when we see it." But for those people who are calling for Peter Vermee's job, I just think this is an interesting thing to point out. If you look at the advanced analytics, and Peter has been hammering this pretty much all year, Sporting KC had the third most expected goals out of any team in the entire league. Of course, LAFC far and away, number one, with more than 80 expected goals. Strangely, the Chicago Fire, number two, with like 66 expected goals. But third out of the entire league, Sporting KC, 63 expected goals on the year. Which means when Peter says that we're creating chances, we're not putting them away, he's 100% right. And one could argue his system is working. He's putting players in the position to score goals. It's interesting. But Sporting KC had the worst expected goal differential of the entire league, meaning the number of goals we scored versus number of expected goals. Sporting KC was dead last in the league at minus 13.9, which means we scored just about 14 goals less than we should have this year. So, well, Peter we don't have said finishers. it time and again, we create the damn chances and we're not putting them away. And we really did. Uh it just that that's the story of the year, man. Like the setups were there, we just didn't put them away. Yep, 100%. So now it's on Peter to go out there and find some goal scores. You have to You think. have to, right? Like is he going to find a striker because that's been the thing for the last few years you got to have a striker because it's not I, anyone on our team right now it, it's not it's not Namath that's for sure he's out of contract after this year and and yet you can't think he's coming back if he does come back it has to be on like 10 percent of his current salary because his current salary is a million dollars 
I don't know if I'd pay a hundred thousand dollars for the the production he got this year. He's he's just not it. Not to mention, now take this as you will, because the super draft isn't, of course, the end all be all. But we would have had, I think, the sixth overall draft pick in the super draft this year because of where we finished in the in the table. Plus, the two expansion teams automatically jump up to the top. We don't have that draft pick because we traded it away for Christian Namath. So we don't we don't we don't even get to reap the rewards of our poor table finish this year so that's kind of a bummer right but i i don't know it's just you know this i hesitate to go out on a limb and sort of make a prediction or anything but i feel like this has to be the off season where we bring in a striker peter just looks so frustrated and the, the fans are so frustrated can you imagine coming back here in march for what the fourth season in a row and saying well yeah we just didn't find a striker that fits the system i think fans would riot i mean you got the the year you got rid of dwyer dude i mean that was what year was that was that 2017 oh man i want to say it might have even it was it was the year i i moved to chicago okay well, then, so yeah, summer it's... of 2017 all-star time it's only been a couple of years jesus christ but it's uh, <laughs> feels like it's, feels that, like it's been forever. That Titanic meme. It's been eighty four. It's been eighty two years. years. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, you know, even after that, it was like, well, who, who's gonna score the goals? What are, what are we gonna do? <laughs> well, and last year, we sort of had it all. We, I mean, I was on this podcast saying, and I still think it was a fine take at the time. We got go. We you don't need goals coming from a number nine if you're scoring them in other ways, and we scored them in other ways last year. We set a team record for goals scored. Now I guess where the fault lies is that's more the exception and not the rule. I don't think you can expect to catch lightning in a bottle twice. I don't think you can expect to have a high scoring team without a striker who scores goals. That is just not how soccer works in most cases throughout the history of soccer. I just cannot imagine another offseason where Peter Vermees and the front office and them are so, I don't know if picky is the right word or what, but they just don't bring in a striker who's not a retread of things we've already tried. Because I just, I, I think when I talked about earlier, the club's kind of at a crossroads. I feel like, okay, you figure out a way to blow it up and start over and really show the fans, hey, we're, we're recommitting to this thing. Or you turn into that low budget small medium market midwestern club that we all sometimes think we are and then you end up or you're going to lose fans and then you're going to end up with a half empty stadium we're going to look more like fc dallas or houston than we do the last 10 years of sporting kc and that's sad true man that's a good point that is a sad point so hopefully we don't do that but this is this is a big off season for Sporting KC. You got to get rid of people like well one Johan. Okay, he's gone. That was a big salary gone. Nemo, he's gonna be gone. Hopefully, you can get Andre Fontes gone. And if you could just get those three gone, that's like three and a half million dollars suddenly you freed up to do it, and, and you can do a lot with that. So we'll that's see. huge. We'll see. So I don't know, man. Do we have to talk any more sporting? <laughs> uh, I don't think there's much else to talk. I mean, let's see. We'll, we'll go through our questions here real quick. I guess there's really only one sporting question from Mark Anthony. It's probably the singer. 
Thank you for for your question, Mark Anthony. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> he was at the camp with me, I think, wasn't he? Probably. Uh, did you ask him how Jennifer Lopez is doing? Um, oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> what are they married? What? Mark Anthony and Jennifer Lopez were married. Yeah. Well, I don't know these things. All right, I'm just waiting for tonight. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were married. They were a thing. I think they're still friends. They're amicable. Yeah, dude. Mark was at the camp, man. Look at his picture. His jersey's hanging right there in the locker <laughs> next to mine. So Mark asks, where should the rebuild begin? Offense, defense, or both? What do you think? I mean, it has to, it has to, be, I mean, it has to start on offense, right? Uh, I, you know, I think they're inextricably linked. I think it's hard to not say you got to do something with the defense after you just gave up the most goals in club history. But then again, you also scored 14 goals less than you should have. So it's like no matter which statistic you lose, it's terrible everywhere, which is kind of sad. Yeah, I feel I don't want to I don't want to pick one, but I don't want to say both either. I'm just like, yes, whichever is chosen out of those three. (laughs) Yes. Sounds good. Yeah, the, the the fortunate thing is, I don't think we, it, it's and not to sound like a cop-out answer, but we don't really have to choose. Like, you can you can work on improving both simultaneously. Now, I guess, if you were going to ask me, do you, you only get a striker, or you only get a new center back? I guess I'd choose striker, maybe. Because Beasler wasn't great, but if you put Beasler and Botan back there, that's perhaps serviceable. And then you can put Jalen Lindsay on the right side and and uh, uh, Luis Martins on the left side, and I I think I can live with that. Whereas you put Nemo or Hurtado back out at number nine next year, and I'm gonna throat punch somebody. So I I, I guess maybe that means my answer's offense. I don't know. So. There hmm. we go. I yes. can't go wrong. Whichever you choose sounds good. So I think that's us putting a pin in the 2019 Sporting KC season. That's that. And there will be off-season news to talk about. You know, sporting, we're, we're not going to have no sporting news until March. There will be plenty to talk about. But I, I think we can officially close the book, put the book in the trash can, set the trash can on fire, and throw it out the door, and never look at it again for Sporting KC 2019. <laughs> it's just uh, now the fun begins, you know, and players will get a little bit of a vacation before moves start happening, and, um, you know, that they've they probably had some player meetings, though, this week, don't you think? Like maybe talking about some stuff? I'm sure, and they'll do for lack of a better phrase, exit interviews, basically, where they, I mean, they do this every year, right? good or bad, where they bring in the players one by one and they ask them questions and they talk to them what worked, what didn't. They probably put a little bit more weight on it from players like Beasler and Roger than they do players like, I don't know, Graham Smith. Nothing against Graham Smith, but, you know, they. I'm sure they're going to ask the leaders of this team and, and have a pretty blunt conversation with them. What went wrong? who's responsible for it and and if they're true leaders like i think they are they'll be blunt and they'll tell coach what he needs to hear so we'll see but we'll be here as uh, roster decisions are made we'll let you know i did see a funny funny tweet i want to say it was drew vanderplug if it's not and it's someone else i'm sorry but 
he was saying the most peak Peter Vermees thing to do after how mad he is would be to like not protect 12 people that he's allowed to protect in the expansion draft like just protect the bare minimum that he has to and then be like yeah screw it take them all I don't care just leave them all unprotected uh, <laughs> that is funny I don't know if he's allowed to do that but I, if he is I wouldn't put it past him <laughs> to just be like I don't I want saw you. I saw you talking about that on Twitter and I think uh, I think he's probably required to choose but what if he's just like yeah no I'll just I'll protect my big budget players here and y'all can have the rest I know he's at least required to protect three international players, but outside of that, I mean, man, maybe he doesn't want to keep 12 of his 28 players. Who knows? Yeah. So, well, let's uh, let's shift away from sporting, and, and let's talk MLS playoffs. Uh, Drake Ewing asked us for some playoff predictions, so we can, we can go through that. Uh, the seven teams in each conference that made it, I'm sure – Many of you know, but in the West, LAFC 1, Seattle 2, RSL 3, Minnesota 4, LA Galaxy 5, Portland 6, and Dallas 7. And in the East, NYCFC number 1, Atlanta 2, Philadelphia 3, Toronto 4, DC United 5, New York Red Bull 6, and the New England Revolution 7. Dude, so the East first... sucks. Can I just say that? The East is garbage. Man, all right, all those the... teams you named in the West fought like crazy all right the east man man, have a new england squeeze in like that i mean they were never close it was never uh you know it was never a dog fight like the west went through so east was soft and i'm sorry if you're any kind of eastern conference listener but you're soft i think the west was a dog fight but i think a better term to describe it but would more be like a dog Oop fight because every team in the Stop. West outside of LAFC is is not good. Like two through five is basically interchangeable, and these teams are yeah. not very good. But that like, means because they were going at it, man. No one really broke apart because they were fighting. Because they were all bad and kept losing to teams that they shouldn't they're be losing to. And nobody fights over dog poop. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just the dog poop I, fight. Give me the dog poop. I think there's like LAFC is the clear best team in, in the league. And then you have like NYCFC and Atlanta in the tier two. But then I feel like Salt Lake and Seattle and Minnesota and the Galaxy are all a step below them. And and Bro, Philly is probably even in that tier. Like take I think those their are all... five, six, seven and put it up against the West five, six, seven. I mean, LA, Portland, and Dallas, I take them over DC. Red Bulls in New England any day. Oh, I see. I, I take the Galaxy over DC United. I take both the Red Bulls and New England over Portland and Dallas because really, yeah, the Red Bulls. I, 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 you know, they, they haven't been great, but I trust them more than I trust Portland. Especially, this is the news I alluded to earlier. Portland's big signing of the year. Their 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 striker slash winger slash forward Brian Fernandez has voluntarily yeah. gone into the substance abuse program, so he will be unavailable. Oh he he had some previously documented issues with uh, cocaine, I believe, at his old club. Oh, boy. So he will probably not be available, which means Portland, you can probably stick a fork in them. They're not going to beat RSL at RSL without Brian Fernandez. That's, dude, that's why he wanted to fight Felipe, man, because he was jacked on the booger sugar. Maybe, I don't know. But then New England, ever since... 
Bruce Arena took over for Brad Friedel. They've been pretty good. And I say they have the goalkeeper of the year in Maddie Turner. Even though he only played 20 games, that dude played out of his mind in those 20 games. He's the best goalkeeper in MLS this year if you look at goalkeeper stats. So, I and Dallas is just, I mean, yeah, they thrashed us 6-0, but they, they backed into the playoffs. So I, I just I think the West is a, is a dumpster fire, and LAFC is going to pretty much run through this Western Conference and get to the MLS yeah, Cup I, final. I I think it'd be although we talked about this I'd love to see LAFC go out because I love a good upset and I love drama and I think it'd be so great for NYCFC to figure out where they're hosting MLS Cup. <laughs> yeah, my ideal. We talked about this last week. My ideal MLS Cup at this point is NYCFC hosts Minnesota United. That's what I want to happen. Nah, Minnesota's because... kind of on a downward spiral right now. They. They were looking strong, and they're not so strong right now. They are, but they're also playing a Galaxy team that just lost to the Houston Dynamo. Galaxy so, spiraling too. Like what? What's everyone else doing? Everyone's just spiraling. Yeah, nobody's good. That's what I'm saying. No, nobody's good. So, you know, I I would say well, they got who, a home game against LA. I mean, LA, Galaxy could have taken it. Galaxy could have jumped them and hosted it. At one point, the Galaxy were all the way up in second place in the live standings. And then yeah. things didn't break their well, way. Well, so was San Jose, bro. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, it's <laughs> like, how did you get out of the playoffs, San Jose? What did you do? How did you get to where you are? Oh, they had a historic collapse. And there's rumors that their coach, uh, Almeida, might be on his way back to Liga MX. So. Oh, boy. Careful. That's where uh, people do cocaine. Apparently. Well, I saw... So Paul Tenorio, Paul Tenorio was the one who who broke this news about Brian Fernandez, and he said that the Timbers supposedly have some protections in their contract in case something like this happens. But then there was uh, a report. I, I don't know if they, you know, if you get in trouble with substance abuse, then maybe we can either take back some of your salary or, or, or void your contract or whatnot. But a reporter for ESPN that covers Liga MX, he said that he would be surprised because. The Mexican club that Fernandez came from was shocked at the offer that the Timbers came in with because no other team was offering anywhere near a fee that high because everyone knew about his drug problems. So when the the Timbers came in and offered that, they were like, "Hell yeah, we'll take it. Go have fun." So, huh. I, it just sounds like the Timbers didn't really do their due diligence. Maybe I don't know. Maybe so, but and uh, you know whatever they did, they definitely tweeted about it later. So. Yeah, because the Timbers are the team out there complaining about every single possible call that doesn't go their way. And I'm just like, I swear to God, it makes me want you to lose. I'd, I've never rooted for RSL in a game that didn't directly benefit SKC. I think I want RSL to beat Portland just because I do not want to deal with their stupid crap on social media for any longer than I have to. I just hate them. So, <laughs> sorry to my brother. Um, do you have a team in MLS that's left in the playoffs that you're pulling for more than any other team? I mean, I'm going to always, I'm going to pull for NYC. I think I've mentioned they're kind of my, uh, secondary team. If I had to choose someone similar sporting blue colors as well, but, uh, I just don't think LAFC is going to collapse, man. I think they're too strong. I think they're going to get it done. Makes sense. As a Man United fan, you would pick the team owned by Manchester City. 
So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Man United's pretty much trash this year, so it is what it is. Yeah, no, it's okay. Everton's in 18th in the Premier League, so here we are. There we go. But, it's you know, Man United shouldn't be middle of the table. It's it's weird, man. I, I as an Everton fan, you're like, oh, this old chestnut. <laughs> well, no, we should be middle of the table, but we're bottom of the table, so that's the that's problem. true. That's true. You know, if if we were sitting in 11th, I'd be like, yeah, this makes sense. 18th is a you little smell. low. That but. smell, man, that smell of relegation doesn't smell oh. good. We're only eight games in. We got 30 more. So hopefully, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get on a hot streak around Christmas. We'll fight our way back up to 11th, and that's right where we'll finish. Shit, they do play 38 games, don't they? Yeah. It's, it's a long. This, this, their season goes all the way to May. It's It just turned October, and Premier League is not going to be done until the end of May. That's but. like the NFL talking about adding two more regular season games. It's like, well, God damn. Have you seen yeah. all the injuries right off the bat at the beginning of the season? The NFL should focus on just getting their medical carts to work that are there at the 16 games they yeah. currently have instead of adding two more. Just but, to, uh, you sound like you sound like you've been watching ballers with Dwayne Johnson <laughs> trying to get medical for everybody. <laughs> no, I just saw the Steelers quarterback look like he died on the field, and then they were like, "Well, I guess you're going to have to walk because our cart broke down." So then oh, he was right, the cart. wobbling off. I like pushed the medical cart off the field. I'm like, "This guy doesn't know where he is. Why are you making him walk?" But oh man, I uh, if I'm gonna say who you know, I'm gonna root for Minnesota in the playoffs. If if I have to pick a second team, they're kind of my second team. Go. They're like our, our friendly neighbors to the north. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna how become about, a loons man. How about both sporting blue teams, NYC and Minnesota, in the finals? There, like I said, that's my ideal scenario right now. Just because I am Team Chaos, I want to see that's NYCFC cool. host. An MLS Cup final at Red Bull Arena, right in New Jersey. Right, they can't. Be hilarious. Isn't there a football game there? At no, Red Bull Arena. No, there's a football game. No, there's a football game. There's a football game at uh, yeah the 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 whatever it's called now. It's not the Meadowlands anymore, but where the Jets and the Giants play. And there's a football game at Yankee Stadium the day before MLS Cup. So they will have to host a game in their rival stadium hilarious i don't think city field where the mets play which is what they're using as a, a backup site for their other playoff games i don't think that's available so it's either Bro. red bull arena or hartford connecticut where the whalers play bro if this happens the whole new york is red new york is blue thing new york will definitely be red forever yeah it's, <laughs> it's game over at that you point. hosted it in the red stadium yeah you can never make fun of their stadium situation ever again for being in New Jersey if you have to host your first ever MLS Cup in your rival stadium. Oh, that's so good. With the giant Red Bulls on the seats and everything. Like, it's just, <laughs> it'd be so good. It'd be so good. What would they do? I would hope oh, that man. all the New York fans who showed up were actually Red Bulls fans and just cheered for I'm Minnesota United. For <laughs> I'm all about like you know LAFC's crazy good and it'd be cool to see them go all the way and finish what they started here but no screw that that's not as fun yeah well and I also just want to see Minnesota beat Zlatan because I think that'd be hilarious should happen so man we'll Ike, Ike and Zlatan that's a hell of a matchup I love it we like Ike so gotta root for our former Sometimes. SKC man Ike does not like Peter, by the way. I don't know if you listen to BS the podcast, but he throws he throws some jabs in there uh, uh, towards Peter. Have you have you noticed that? 
What do you, what's he say? I haven't I haven't listened to as much of it as I'd like to. Do you have any? Okay, it's just examples. It's just little things. Like I think like Benny one time was like, you know, uh, uh, we need to we get we'll get we'll get Peter on the podcast, and Ike was like, oh yeah, good luck with that. And uh, another time, <laughs> it was just you know this small thing, but there was another time when. God damn it! I can't think of any examples, but I know people that are listening right now that are listening to BS podcast have definitely heard him say something about Peter, um, hmm. and how he's just you know he, he is what he is, man. He, he's he's the person we think he is, probably. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So, do you? Someone, I know someone you s- listening right now. If you know what I'm talking about, tweet at us at No Other Pod because I I can't think of a specific example, but I know it's been there on BS the podcast. I have some catching up to do on, on BS the pod that I need to go back and listen to because I know it's it's a very good podcast. So Yeah, not too bad. So I know you want NYCFC to win. Do you have a prediction as to who will actually win MLS Cup? You going with LAFC? LAFC? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think NYFC, NYCFC comes out of the West? Or East, excuse me. I can talk. Uh, dude, Atlanta's been such an up-and-down clusterfuck all year. I could see Atlanta pulling it off. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I kind of my gut feeling is what's actually going to happen is it's going to be LAFC versus Atlanta. So I mean, they had we'll see. Like NYC had a, had a lot more ties, like six more ties and six less losses than Atlanta did. They have the same amount of wins, but they uh, it just means they that NYC almost got uh, almost got more wins. To be honest, I mean. Atlanta lost a lot of games in the beginning, but they really found their stride towards the end, and I think yeah. they could really pull it together and, and get it done. And it's a one-game sample size now. There's no more home and away. It, anything right. can happen. So That's why LAFC gets to play at the bank this whole way through, man. I could see it happening. And with their new stadium, why wouldn't you want to host it there in, the, in its second year of existence? Man, so if Minnesota United wins, I'll be very happy because... That means they knocked out Zlatan in the first round. But can you imagine if LAFC plays the Galaxy in the playoffs? The craziness around that game? It would be insane. Oh, yeah, because that... Who will they... Who will the Galaxy play? Galaxy wouldn't play them, though. They'd, they'd either play the winner of Dallas or, or the the Dallas no. game. or the They'd either play Dallas or Portland. Do they recede? I, I didn't... I mean, I think so. I didn't think they recede, but... Maybe they do. So Seattle's going to play Dallas. RSL plays Portland. Minnesota plays LA. Oh, is it a set bracket? I thought it was a set bracket. Maybe it is. I I didn't think about that. I'm trying to, to to look at it right now. I just had it up and now it's gone. But I I'm pretty sure it's a set bracket. So if it is, that means yeah, it would be Galaxy and uh and LAFC at Bank of California. And the Galaxy pretty much have LAFC's number. Yeah, it's a set bracket. So if, if the Galaxy win, they would go on to play LAFC at Bank of California. And cool. we'd also get Portland versus Seattle if those two teams were going to win. So we'll see. But Okay. The only other MLS news that I think is worth sharing at this point is uh, Orlando City's already fired their coach. James O'Connor, <laughs> he's gone. Should have fired him a long time ago. Yeah, he he finished the year with a a record of nine, fifteen, and ten. They finished eleventh last year. They finished eleventh this year. 
So a total record of 11, 27, and 13 in MLS matches as the coach of Orlando City. They have not made their playoffs in five seasons in MLS. So that's rough. They got to do something, you know, and it's uh, I figured they would have fired him a long time ago. So it's very interesting. Yeah, they, they were a little bit better to start the year, but then they sort of fell apart. They got, I think I saw four of the last 24 possible points on the year, which is not good. It's not good at all. So no bueno for Orlando City. And uh, wow. and yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, the only other thing coming up that's that's a, at all of note is the U.S. men's national team plays, which we talked about in uh, in the Nations League. They play Cuba on Friday in Washington D.C. and then go play uh, Canada in Toronto next Tuesday. But I just can't get now, out. Is for that the a Nations tournament League. or do they collect points? I that's a great question. I don't know. I would. Okay. I don't even really care enough to find out. Shows like how much I care about the Nations League. I know they have at least two games to play, but yeah. I mean, this is just I don't. Jossie's artist is on the roster again. Enough said. Oh, I don't need to watch this. Yeah, Brad Guzan in goal had... again. Why? Oh, Brad Guzan. That's great because he'll be Tim Ream for the World Why? Cup. Why is Tim Ream anywhere near the U.S. men's national team? Nobody That's knows. That's wonderful. So, yeah. I'll just uh, bring in a bunch of older people that uh, aren't going to be in the World Cup. You know, hell, bring Tim Howard back. He's he's available. Matt Beasler yeah. would love to get out there again. Will Trap. Hell, Zeus had a bad MLS season. Yeah, he called in Will Trap, who we all don't think is very good, except for the one account that does analytics on Twitter that thinks Manchester United should sign Will Trap. So yeah, what's that about? Makes sense. Nobody knows. Idiots. <laughs> I was like, "What is going Little on?" Idiots. Anyway, that's uh, that's about all I got this week. So that's I can't think of anything else, man. That's uh, it's a good time to be alive. All, hey, hey, here's a good thing. Can only go up from here. All right, we all feel low. If if you guys are like me, you you were going to the bathroom on Sunday, and another goal was scored against your team. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> then, then the Chiefs lost at night, and it's like, fuck this day. So things can only go up from here. I hope so. We'll see. But Time to we, rebuild, uh, we will be reset. Yes, sir. We will be with you as the rebuilding and the resetting occurs throughout the offseason. And so we'll try to bring you all the news as, as it comes along. We'll be with you through the MLS playoffs, talking about what's going on, Hopefully we don't have like another Let's hell final on. like next year because I don't I can't do a Portland Atlanta again that was like worst case scenario <laughs> so we'll see but in the meantime fun, thank man. you guys so so much for listening uh, make sure you tweet us at no other pod at Dan Kuzer at jcmax03 follow us on Facebook facebook.com slash no other pod shoot us an email no other pod at gmail.com leave us that review hopefully with five stars but yeah like dan said let us know who you want us to interview segment ideas anything a question for us poems jokes whatever so comments self comments wisdom life advice but until uh (laughs) until next week when we're back with you well i don't know how you leave shoes in a comment but if you can figure it out then good for you um but yeah We'll be back with you next week talking uh, talking some MLS Cup playoffs. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. 
and we'll catch y'all later. See ya. Peace out, curmudgeons. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.